Good morning, everybody. Come on, everybody. Welcome to Life Point. We're so glad you're here on a cold Sunday morning. Some of you folks aren't from here, so this isn't very cold to you, but for us who grew up here, this is bitter cold. This is bitter weather, and we're all bitter about it. You know what I'm saying? Um, we're so glad you're here. Uh, my name is Danny Rivers, and I'm one of the pastors around here at Life Point. Uh, you guys look great. Look around, man. You guys look fantastic. The best-looking people in San Antonio are in the room right now. That's all I'm saying. You guys aren't agreeing with me on that. You're like, one guy's like, hey, okay, that's right. We're so glad you're here. Thanks for being here. A couple things um, before we jump in. Don't forget next week, brand new service times, 845, 10, 15, 11, 45. You just saw that there. Uh, a couple, the last few weeks, we've asked some of you who, this is home, uh, you're into what we're into, and we know that that 845, which is the kind of a newest time for us, we've never done services that early except for on Easter when we do like 10,000 services. Um, but... Um, We've asked some of you to just join us for the next six weeks to support that service. Let's, let's grow that thing. Uh, all, 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 all we're trying to do is make room. If you look around right now, there's not very many places to sit right here. The next service is going to look a lot like this, um, unless everybody decided to come to this service. I don't know what happened. Now. But anyways, so we want to make some room um, so we can keep growing because we're about to build a new building. You guys know that, right? It's about to happen. Yeah. Those same two permits we've been waiting for for a month, we're still waiting on those two permits. So if anybody... Has any pull with the city? You get us, get us, because all we're, we're everybody's ready to go. The the, the, the stuff's going to happen. Two miles down this road right here, fifteen sixty. We have nine acres, and we are ready to get that thing started. We're hoping this time next year we're in that new space. Uh, but until then, we're going to make room in this space and make the best of this space until uh, God gives us our own home. Amen, somebody. So help us with that. And then um, right after the second service today, for those of you who are interested in leading a life group, um, we're going to be doing some training right here in what we call or what the school that we meet at calls the Annex. Uh, right here, lunch will be provided. If you want to know more about life groups or how to get involved in leading one, we're going to run a training. It'll be about 35, 40 minutes. You'll get lunch right there. And so we'd love it if you'd join us. So we're in a series called How to Change Your Life. And so last week, we talked about uh, some great things. So we, we gave you a couple of old school quotes. The first one was, we are what we repeatedly do. It's been quoted by, as being quoted by Aristotle, but it wasn't. It was a guy named Will Durant. Uh, Will Durant said this, we are what we repeatedly do. And then we also talked about um, another old statement that is, we first form our habits and then our habits, what? You remember this? They form us. And then John Maxwell, the great leadership guru, says that most people have uphill hopes and dreams, but they have downhill habits. In other words, their habits are never going to get them where their uphill dreams and hopes are. And what we've said is that everything in life worth having, worth doing, is uphill. Um, it takes discipline, it takes strain, it takes work, it takes effort to get where we want to go. So... Then we gave you the principle of the path. This is not original to me. This is Andy Stanley, Pastor Andy Stanley, who says that direction determines destination. Would you say that with me? Direction determines destination. Not hopes, not dreams, not your best intentions. Those things don't determine your direction or your destination. Your direction determines destination. So you have to get on the right path, which is what we talked about last week. Principle number one, the right path, right? If you want to get to where you want to go, to your hopes, your dreams, if you want to make changes in your life, it takes getting on the right path. And the sort of sub-principle under that first path was put God first. 
Like, like everything else revolves around that. Put God first in your life. But there's another layer to this principle here, this path principle. And it goes like this. Um, if direction determines destination, what determines direction? Right, that's kind of important to know. If direction it determines destination, what determines direction? What makes us pick a direction, a path to walk down? Here it is. Attention determines direction. Attention determines direction. So whatever gets our attention in life influences the direction of our life. Whatever gets our focus, whatever gets our attention, whatever our thought processes run down, whatever tracks our brain constantly runs down will determine the direction. So attention determines direction and direction determines destination. You with me so far? There's a lot of determining and stuff happening. There are a lot of D words, but stay with me. Let let me me give you an, an example from my own life recently. Uh, around August, I, re- I realized, Danny, you need to lose some weight, right? And I was like, I got I to gotta shed some pounds. And I don't know about you guys, but uh, you can't just diet. You also have to exercise. Some people just want to diet, and they don't want the pain of exercise. But how many of you know that that lasts about two months, and then you start craving? Somebody brings a Krispy Kreme donut into the office, and you're like, save your God. That's like manna. Come on, is it not manna from heaven? <laughs> like, if you go back to the Old Testament, there was Krispy Kreme donuts falling on the ground, in the Old Testament. That's manna. Anyways. So you got you to you work out. But I'm not like a gym guy, right? I go to the gym, I, but I, I, I don't like it, right? Because everybody there is way more fit than me and serious and grunting and groaning and sweating all over everything. And, and they're taking selfies all day long and posting it. I'm like, dude, we get it, bro. You got a muscle, all right? I don't do that for two reasons. Number one, I don't have muscles. You know what I'm saying? And number two, I don't know how to take a good selfie picture that doesn't make my gobbler hang out. You know what I'm saying? It's just me? All right. That's the two reasons why. But anyways. Um, so I decided I want to ride bikes. So I bought a bike uh, while I was in Colorado, and I bought a bike, and I focused my efforts on buying the bike. Because if you guys know about me, once I decide I want to buy something, I'm going to research it for like a thousand hours, Right? Forget riding it. I'm just going to research it and then look at it in my living room, right? But anyways, I bought the bike. And man, that's all I could think about. And I love it, man. I love, love, love cycling. And so on uh, Friday, uh, Dr. Uh, English, Dr. Bill English, who plays the bass up here, we, uh, we went for a ride. He goes, let's go for this, this new place. And so I had never ridden single tracks before. Right? It's a mountain bike, but I had been riding it on paths. Praise Jesus. Anyways. <laughs> Nice, smooth paths. And I go 20 miles, but on a path. You know what I'm saying? And so we're riding through the things, and, you know, it's quick. you got to make quick decisions, and uphill, downhill, boulders. And he's like, left. And then he's like, uphill. He's like, boulder. All like one, 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 like that. And I was like, ah, you know. So I whip around the corner, and so my focus was on, this is a steep hill. I'm in the wrong gear. Those are huge rocks. How am I going to get up? And I'm looking at the ground, and what did I say? Uh, your attention determines what? Your direction, and so my attention was on the ground, and it determined my direction. (laughs) On the ground. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but I've been limping over the last couple of days, and my knee is much larger on this side than it is on this side, because as I was determining my direction, and the direction was the ground, my leg flipped around, and it gets hung up in a tree, man. Like, nobody in history has ever had this happen, but if it can happen to somebody, it will happen to me. 
And I'm laying there moaning, and my ankle is caught up in this tree because it stopped. It got caught right in the hook of a tree, and, and my body kept rotating, but my knee didn't have anywhere to go, so it went pow. And so I'm laying there on the ground, and Bill goes, how did this happen? He's like, he's like, I'm trying to figure out how your leg got in this tree. And I'm like, get it out of the tree. I can't, I can't move, man. Bleeding, and he's making fun of my pants. I was wearing, you know, when you ride bikes, you have to wear tight pants, you know? Well, I go ahead, because it was cold. I took it all the way down to the ankle. And he's like, you're, you're wearing, like, tights, bro. You know, he's dude, just, I'm bleeding, man. My knee is over there, and it needs to be here. So determine, focus determines direction, right? And direction determines destiny, and my destiny is to limp over the next several weeks until I figure out what's going on with this jacked up knee. Just, just a little story for you. I needed to throw that out there. I know that when something like that happens to me, it has to find its way into my messages. Mostly to throw Bill under the bus because he led me there. Anyways. <laughs> So, so here's the thing, if I'm going to get where I want to go, if I'm going to achieve the hopes and dreams that everybody has, I'm going to have to learn what to give my attention to. I'm going to have to learn how to think, and that's the second pathway. The right path, number one. Second one, the right thoughts. The right thoughts. If I can get control over my thoughts, if I can start to think the right thoughts, I can get on, stay on the right path. And this is huge, and you already know this, but you forget how huge your thought life is in terms of the direction of your life. So, so we'll start with Romans 12. We read it last week. I want to read it again. We'll read it every time in the series. Look what it says, and this is, we're going to read it three different times today in three different translations. This is from the message, which is a paraphrase of your Bible. Here, here's what he says. Fix your attention on God. What determines direction? Attention. You already forgot from like two seconds ago. So <laughs> attention, people. You ready? Fix your attention on God. You, you'll be changed from the inside out. This stuff is huge right here. Readily recognize what he wants from you. And then what? quickly respond to it. See, here's the thing. A lot of us find out God wants us to do something different. The Holy Spirit convicts us. We, we feel a, a, a change in direction, but we don't quickly respond, and that's why we don't often get where we want to go, because we go, next week, hashtag Monday, I'll start my diet. It's the weekend, right? Hashtag Monday. You with me on this? Quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God does what? He brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. Fix your attention on God. That was principle number one last week. And you've got to do something different than just resolutions alone. You'll be changed, he says, when you fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. A lot of us want to work on the outside and thinking it'll affect the inside, but it's, it's the opposite. You work on the inside, and in the inside we're talking about is the thought life. If you change the thoughts, you'll change the direction of your life. And then he says, and readily recognize what God wants, quickly respond to it, and God will bring the best out of you. Now, as a pastor, man, as a church, this is really our greatest hope for you as, as a leadership team, is that the best that God has for you would be brought out of you. That we can't do it, but God can. That God wants to bring the best out of you. Hey, everybody, listen to me. God wants to bring the best out of you. That's, his, that's what he wants. And, and only he can do it, by the way. And he does it 
by a development process, a pathway. And he develops from that pathway a well-formed maturity in you. Now, what we say as a church is give us the opportunity to take, to, to, to take you on that journey. Like give us a year of doing the stuff we do, the small groups, the growth track. Like show up on Sundays. Come to first Wednesday if you can. It's not about doing the stuff, right? It's about the pathway, getting on the right pathway, and it develops a, a well-formed maturity. So, so a few thoughts about my thoughts. Number one, my thoughts control my life. My thoughts control my life. That's how big this is. Proverbs 4, 23 from the Good News Translation says, Be careful how you think, for your life is shaped by what? By your thoughts. Your life is constantly being formed every day by the thoughts that you think. And you might say, come on, man, my thoughts don't shape my life. But listen, everything that you've done in your life, significantly, whether good or bad, started as a thought, every one of them. So, so when I was a teenager, my only thought about my future was, I want to be rich. Come on, anybody with me on that one? Three people, all right. That was the, no, no kidding, that was the extent of it, was whatever it takes, whatever I need to do, I want to be rich. Now, you guys know I don't have my dreams met, all right, because I'm a pastor, right? But, but someone came along in the summer after I graduated, the summer of my, of my, eight, my, my 18, years, 18 years old, and said to me, hey, man, God wants to do something really cool with your life. God wants to use your life to impact people. He wants to do some big things in your life to impact other people's lives. And he planted a seed, and it was just either right at the end of my, my senior year or right after, he planted a seed, a thought in my mind that germinated. And as I began to think about what he said, because I knew this guy believed in me, and I began to pray about that, that seed grew, and it changed the entire course of my life. Right? I'm not rich in terms of stuff, but my life is filled with what really matters. And my life is rich in that I know that my life is making a difference in the lives of other people. And in my mind, people are the treasure, not stuff. People are what makes life rich, not stuff, not money. Now, now here's the truth. Your life is going to be marked by this pathway of your thought life and how well you navigate it. And, and, and in fact, let me say it this way. None of us will ever change our lives until we change the ways that we think. None of us will ever change particularly what's wrong with our lives until we change the way we think. Life change doesn't begin in the doing. It begins in the thinking. And what we often think we need is, God, would you help me change my circumstances? Would you help me change my finances? Would you help me change the, the quality of my relationships? Would you help me change the direction of my career? And, and what we want is God to change our circumstances. But let me tell you something about God. God is far more interested in changing the way you think than he is about changing your circumstances because the way he'll change your circumstances is by changing the way you think. Because generally speaking, the circumstances you don't like in life, not always, but generally speaking, occurred in your life because of the way you think. It's just true. 
And why is it so important to God to change the way we think? Because we'll never experience real transformation, lasting transformation in our lives until our thought life begins to change. And this is the way the Bible says it in Ecclesiastes 10 too. This is Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived. This is also from the message. Wise thinking leads to right living. Small children, close your ears. Stupid thinking leads to wrong living. Right? Wise thinking leads to right living. Dumb thinking, I'll change it for the parents who don't like that word, right? Leads to wrong living. Everything begins with a thought. So the things that you're doing well and the things that you're not doing well are all being fueled by the thinking that happened first. Whatever captures your attention, please hear this, whatever captures your attention will determine your direction. And this is why the battle for your life and for your soul and for your spiritual life begins in the mind. The battle is in the mind. Your adversary knows this, but so does God. And so the God who loves us gives us these pathways for our lives, the right pathways. But if we give our attention to the wrong things, if the wrong things grab our attention, we won't end up where God wants us to be and we won't end up where we want to be either. And, and, and some of you can look back at your, at your life so far. I don't care what your age range is right now. You can look back at your life so far and you could say, man, I wished I had focused on that thing in a different way. Right? You, you may wish now that you'd given more attention to how you handled your finances five years ago or last year. Yes or no? Right? How, how you paid attention to your marriage. Right? You may wish right now, man, why didn't I get on a health kick earlier in life? I've already done so much damage to my body. Or, or, or your relationships or your spiritual life. Some of you are going, I wish I had paid more focus to my spiritual life because I don't feel like I've grown in any since I first came into the church. I'm still at a first grade level spiritually. You see, whatever gets our attention in life determines our direction. And whatever determines our direction is determines our destiny. And it's very clear if you pay attention to the past year of your life that this principle is true. So, so if you try to change your behavior without changing the thinking behind the behavior, you won't change the behavior. If you focus on the fruit and ignore the root, you'll always have a fruit problem. So everything begins with a thought. Even the process that God wants to take you on begins with a thinking. Again, Romans 12, 2, this time from the New Living Translations, uh, Translation. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into what kind of a person? A new person by changing the way you think. The King James says, renewing your mind, making your mind new. So, second thing I want you to know about your thoughts is what we, did, what we think often determines how we feel. And how we feel, because of the way we're wired up, how we feel, it's wrong, but it often determines the decisions we make. We make feelings-based decisions all the time in life. And those feelings often lead us astray. That's why Solomon said, or, or, or was Jeremiah says, guard your heart because it's the wellspring of life and, and the, the heart is, is deceitful above all other things, he says. Right? So what we think determines how we feel and how we feel determines a lot of the decisions we make. So you may be blaming how you feel on your spouse or your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your boss or your teachers or the economy or your next door neighbor's dog, 
Come on, somebody who barks all the time. But, but trust me, those things aren't making you feel the way you feel. Your response to those things in your thought life is determining how you feel right now. Because truth be told, everybody is dealing with a lot of the same stuff. We all have to deal with the economy. We all have to deal with what's happening in our world in the news. We all have it. But a lot of us think differently, di- think different tracks. And so we respond to it much better than other people. This is why you have to think about life change and your thought life all the way down at the granular level. Because I promise you, your spiritual enemy thinks about it at the granular level in your life. For instance, it's so important what goes into your mind in those first few moments of the day when you wake up. Please hear what I'm telling you. This is a discipline. This is an uphill discipline, but it's important. That first 20 or 30 minutes, even probably less than that, will dictate how the day goes for most of us. So if my first intake into my brain is to grab my phone and check my email or to check social media or whatever, or or check the news, what I see and read can fundamentally alter my day right there at the beginning of the the first few moments. And enough mornings altered um, can turn into a bad year quickly. Like all of a sudden you're like, man, my whole month is is trashed because of how you woke up. Those first few moments can make you decide how you feel about your, your job in a negative way because the first email you open up is from your boss who sent it because he can't sleep overnight. Can I get an amen on that? Right? So he's, tell, he's shooting you emails because trying to make you not sleep all night either. Right? So, so, so you wake up and read a bad email. Now you hate your job and, and you haven't even gotten out of bed yet. Right? And, and, and you're dreading the day before you ever get out of bed. Don't tell me there's not power in those first three thoughts because inevitably the enemy knows how to put something in my pathway that makes me go down a wrong pathway that day emotionally, spiritually, or just in my thought life. And the devil will make sure that there's one thing in in an email or in some post that stirs you up right off the bat and heads you down the wrong path. And it's hard to turn around a bad day when it starts bad. Yes or no, right? One lady said, I wake up grumpy every day. And then sometimes I let him sleep in. Come on, somebody, that's funny. I I don't care who you are. (laughs) Some ladies said amen to that, right? It's your response that determines how you feel. So so I want to give you an uphill challenge for week two of the 21 days of prayer and fasting that we're on, many of us right now. I want to give you an uphill challenge, right? And that is beginning tomorrow morning. I'm asking you to consider getting rid of as much media as you can for an entire week. Like take a week off from media. And some of you are already panicking and, and starting to get the shakes like about that, right? No Snapchat, no Insta, no Facebook. Don't watch the news. No video games. And all the dudes just cringed a little bit. One week without secular music even. And I'm not being legalistic saying there's stuff wrong with any of this. Okay, that's not what I'm saying. And if you can't do it completely, do it as much as you can. Get, get rid of as much of it you can. And, and, and not, not because it's like a sacrifice unto God. No, no, no. Do it as a test, right? Except for one thing. I want you to replace that with good worship music in your car, in your home, as you're doing your drive. Do, do it as a test because it's going to prove something to you, I believe, at the end of the week. The reality of this verse, Philippians 4, verse 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, 
Because listen, a lot of our thoughts aren't right because we believe lies all the time. Whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, what? Think about such things. This is what I fix my attention on is things like this. And so he says, whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, what? Put it into practice. See, it's not enough to think the thoughts. you got to put it into practice. And then look at this. This is the net result. And the God of what? Peace will be with you. Look, I'm your pastor. And honestly, I can say this with all sincerity and honesty. There's nothing I want more for you than for you to live your lives in peace with God and peace with other people. And I can't make the circumstances around you change but I can point you in the direction of someone and something that will give you peace in the middle of the storms of life and the circumstances of life. I want you to, now as I read these last few verses here, I want you to notice how peace affects this. Number three, thought number three, our thoughts determine our spiritual destiny or the shape of our spiritual life. Your thought life, life right now will determine where you're at spiritually a year from now. It will. You, you may have seen this before, but here it is again. Sow a thought, reap an action. Sow an action, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap a lifestyle. Sow a lifestyle, reap your destiny. Now I want you to notice the first thing is to sow what? A thought, and what do you reap at the back end of it? A destiny at the back end of it. The first thing is a thought, the last thing is a destiny. So the thoughts that you have right now have brought you to where you are right now. The thoughts you've led have brought you where you are. You are today where your thoughts have brought you. And you will go tomorrow where your thoughts take you. Now watch this in Romans chapter eight. This is the apostle Paul who wrote two thirds of the New Testament. Here's what he says in chapter eight. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature, people who just can't get their spiritual lives together, He said, what are they doing? They're thinking about what? Sinful things. That's their thought process. That's what they're thinking about. Stop for a second. The people who are getting dominated by their adversary, by their spiritual enemy, uh, by the sinful nature, are thinking about sinful things. That's what they're concentrated on. And where your focus is, where your attention goes, that determines your direction. That's why they're dominated. But look at the next line. Those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit Think about things that please the Spirit. That's that Philippians that we just read. Your thoughts are a pathway. And we've said this over and over again. Every path has a destination. Every path leads somewhere. Direction determines destination. Every single time. Don't tell me I want to go to the beach down in Corpus and say, I'm going to the beach today, man. I can't wait. And I'm going 35 north to get there. Listen, I don't care what your best intentions are. You're not getting to the beach If you go 35 north, come on somebody. You're gonna go to New Braunfels and Austin and Waco and you're gonna see those big old things, uh, Magnolia, whatever. What are their names, the silos? Yeah, you're gonna see that, but you're not gonna see the beach. I don't care how good your intentions are, direction determines destination every time. So he goes on to say verse six. So letting your sinful natures control your mind leads to Death. But letting the Spirit control your mind, this is, now now listen, letting the Spirit control your mind is a different pathway than the first one he talked about. 
And what's the destination of this pathway? Look, life and peace. The destination that if you want life and you want peace, let your mind be controlled by the Holy Spirit. This is what we want for you. So put it to the test. Focus on the noble. Focus on the good. Focus on the positive things. Leave out the nonsense for a week. Just try it out. See what happens. See if it doesn't affect the quality of your life and week. See if you're not more peaceful at the end of the week, less stressed out, even in your circumstances than you were today. So how do I control my thoughts, Danny? Because my thoughts just have a mind of their own. Literally, right? Come on, anybody besides me got a little ADD going on, right? Like I didn't get diagnosed with that because I grew up in the 70s and we weren't like throwing medication at everything back in the 70s, but we are now, praise Jesus, I guess. Um, <laughs> but like, man, my mind is like, woo, constantly, right? You guys watch me preach, you guys know that this is true. It's like, squirrel, yeah. Um, so we all need help controlling our thoughts. So I'm gonna give you four things. There's a million things we could give you. Four things to control your thoughts. So I don't have this in your notes, but 2 Corinthians chapter 10 says that, that we don't wage war um, like the world does. And he says we don't even use the weapons. The weapons of our warfare, they're not, they're not the kind that you normally would use to fight wars because we're fighting a spiritual batter, battle. And so he says this, he says, he goes, I want you to capture every thought and bring it into obedience to whom? Christ. Capture, capture, because listen, whatever captures your attention determines your direction. Your direction determines your destiny. He says, so I want you to capture your thoughts and submit them to Jesus Christ, right? So now if, we, if we're gonna capture them, we gotta put our fingers around them and hold them. How do we do that? Number one, we need to find a plan to control our thoughts. Now the truth is, is in this culture, this world that we live in, most of the bad thinking that we get involved with, the, the, the bad thoughts that we get in our lives are being fed to us primarily through the internet, through our devices, frankly. Listen, I know what's out there uh, on the internet, and there, there doesn't need to be any lone rangers on there anymore. Like, you need somebody in your life who loves you and who trusts you who has access to the stuff that you and I see on the internet. That just needs to happen. Everybody is, every one of us is not above falling down into that cesspool of what's on the web. Everybody, every one of us needs someone in our lives who's seeing what we're seeing. So that means maybe we put a filter on our stuff. Use software out there and it's, there's some incredible stuff out there. Make sure somebody's got your password to your stuff and make sure they're checking up on you occasionally. For me, that's always gonna be my wife. But get a plan. Get a plan. A lot of you are like, man, I can't imagine doing that. Well, just stay the same is all I'm saying. Don't change then, right? And then next in this, in this deal of controlling your thoughts is, is read the Bible, right? Read the Bible. You have to have a plan to control your thoughts. And the best way to do it is to read the Bible. Everybody, read the Bible, it's unbelievable what's in there. It's amazing to me how when you read the Bible, it will begin to change the way you think. Like, I don't want you to just read the Bible as a discipline, although that's not a bad way to start. I want you to read it and consume it and watch how it will take the negative, awful, demonic thoughts and every thought that's trying to put you down and tell you you're not good enough and that you're not worthy and that you don't deserve this and blah, 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 and how it will replace it with how God sees you and, and, and how you're a child of God. It's powerful, the Bible is. The word of God is powerful. In fact, the Bible's not like any other book that you own. 
The Bible breathes. It has heart. It has power. The Bible says in Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is what? Living and active and it's sharper than any double-edged sword and it penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. Look, look what it does. It judges what? The thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. So, so don't just read the Bible. Let the Bible read you. And all of a sudden the Holy Spirit will speak to you through the word of God. Listen, man, that's something you don't need to try to do anymore. Let's do this. Let's get on this pathway. It'll mess with the bad thinking and that chatterbox of shame and guilt that many of us are living with and the junk that's always running around in our head. It will point out the lies. Because listen, the enemy, his fundamental nature is a liar, right? And he wants you to believe lies that are half-truths oftentimes, but they're lies because a lie that is believed as a truth will affect you as though it's true. Just read the Bible. Man, get on your phone, get download that Bible app and stay with it as best you can. Maybe do the one-year Bible. Every other, if you follow us on social media, um, every other couple of weeks we're promoting um, reading plans that somebody from our team is recommending. Do that one if you don't know what else to do. Just do something with the word of God because it'll change your life. The second thing I want to tell you is to create space in your life, margin in your life to think those thoughts. In, in other words, at some place in your day, the world's volume, the noise of this world has to be turned down and, and maybe even shut off. There has to be some time in your day that's devoted solely to thinking God thoughts. You have to pl- have a place to let God speak to you even as you're speaking to him. And of course, I'm talking about prayer. But let me say it another way, and that is just have a daily conversation with God. Like it can be as simple as that. Just have a daily conversation. It doesn't have to be formal. And it doesn't have to have, have to rhyme or be alliterative. Come on, somebody, you guys, here guys are like, hey, and everything starts with a D or an A and they're alliterative like that. It doesn't have to be in the King James Version. Like God isn't stuck in 1600 eras England. Come on, somebody. Right? Thou shalt not, no, no, no. Just talk. Have a conversation with God. Show, slow down your life long enough to have a conversation with God. Here's what happens as, as a result. Isaiah 26, 3 You will keep in what? Perfect peace. All who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. What an incredible promise. And then look look from the New Testament. Colossians 3, 2. Think about the things of heaven and not the things of this earth. So, So let me say it this way. If you don't have a moment in your day where you're thinking about heavenly things instead of earthly things, you're gonna probably be real low on the peace meter because there's not gonna be much there. If your thoughts aren't higher than the news, you're not gonna have a lot of peace in your life. And then third, be around people who stretch your thoughts. You know, your life would be great if you just line up with the word of God and let God work in your life, but it will never reach the full potential even, even if you do that until you're involved with God's people. That's God's plan. In fact, the Bible says that when you you sin, you confess it to God. But if you want to be healed from the net result of the sin or the brokenness or the pain of your life, you're you're supposed to talk it out with another person. That's James 5.16. Confess your faults to one another and find healing, James says. That's where you'll experience some healing. And that's why I would encourage you to get, your, get in a group, man. Our, our groups are about to launch in a few weeks. And man, getting in a group is how you make this happen best. 
We, we have people occasionally who will come and say, man, I just don't know anybody at the church and I don't really have any friends in the church. And the first thing I'll say is say, so are you involved in a group or are you plugged into the dream team? Are you serving anywhere with a, with a team? And they'll be like, no. Almost every time it's like, no. And I'm like, man, there's almost nothing I want more for you in life than to, 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 to those of you who call Life Went Home to have a crew to do life with. But listen, no matter how hard we try to create space and opportunities for that, we can't overcome a lack of effort. Like they always say, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Like I think we're a friendly church. At our church, our motto is everybody's welcome and nobody's perfect and anything is possible. Everyone's welcome, nobody's perfect and anything's possible. And we believe that wholeheartedly, but it doesn't work if you don't plug in. So in a few weeks, join a group, and we're going to have all sorts of groups. My, I'm going to be leading a freedom group this time for folks who want some freedom from their yesterdays, man. There, there's some stuff in their, their past that they just want freedom from. Twelve weeks, man, join us for that. we got men's groups, ladies' groups, Bible study groups. I think we even got a group where guys are going to go shoot some guns and talk about Jesus. Can I talk about an amen on that? <laughs> Only in Texas. Only in Texas. People from other places are like, what? You can talk about Jesus and shoot stuff? Apparently you can Here's what the Bible says in Hebrews 10. I'm almost done. I'm going to say that two more times at least. Anyways, <laughs> let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meetings together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. My question for you is, do you have a place where people are going to just encourage you, love on you, hold you accountable, be, be there for you? And listen, he says, and, do, and get together even more as Christ's return is near. And you know what that means? It's that the world is getting harder and harder to live in, isn't it? So you need the right people. And lastly, live a life of purpose that directs those thoughts. For me, nothing will keep me on the path better than having a purpose and a clear vision for what God wants to do in my life. The healthiest thoughts that you can think are the thoughts about why you're here on this planet. Like, yes, the planet is all jacked up, but I've got a job to do to help God redeem lost humanity. The most miserable people I know are people who, who in this world, are people who don't know why they're on the planet. So they're busy getting into everybody else's business and bitter at everybody else who does know why they're on the planet. The healthiest thoughts you can have are about your purpose. And I want to go far, as far as it, to say it this way. If you could hear God speak to you right now, He'd probably tell you two things. Let's settle yesterday. Let's deal with the past, the shame, the pain, the guilt. And let's think about your future. Let's settle yesterday and let's think about your future. That he's got a plan for your life. If you don't mind coming, oh, you're already here. He's a ninja. <laughs> so that's what we want to help you do. And that's why we offer Growth Track, first of every month. And we're probably going to add it twice a month in, in February. First weekend of every month, go to Growth Track, get on the dream team because purpose is a place for you to funnel your thoughts, your good thoughts. Romans 12, 2 again. This time from the NIV. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, his pleasing, and his perfect will. What God wants for your life is good, it's pleasing, and it's perfect. Craig Rochelle is the pastor of the largest church in America, lifechurch.tv. And I follow him on podcasts, and, and he has this personal creed that he wakes up to every single morning. And I'm gonna take this and personalize it in my life, but I wanna, I wanna read you his, because it could be the way that you start your day, and you could make it your own, in your own way. But here's what he wakes up and says. 
probably freaks out his wife when he does. He starts by saying, Jesus is first in my life. I exist to serve and glorify him. I love my wife and I will lay my life down for her. My children will love God and serve him with their whole hearts. I will nurture, equip, train, and empower them to do more for his kingdom than they can imagine. I love people and I believe the best about others. I am disciplined. Christ in me is stronger than the wrong desires in me. I am growing closer to Jesus every day. Because of Christ, my family is closer, my body is stronger, my faith is deeper, my leadership is sharper. I am anointed, empowered, equipped, and called to reach people far from God. I am creative, innovative, driven, focused, and blessed beyond measure because the Holy Spirit dwells within me. I develop leaders. That's not something I do. It's who I am. My words, my thoughts, and my imaginations are under the power of Christ. I take all thoughts captive. I make them obedient to Christ. I wake up with purpose, direction, and meaning every day of my life. Pain is my friend. I rejoice in suffering because Christ has suffered for me. I bring my best and then some. It's what I bring after I do my best that makes the difference. The world will be different and better because I served Jesus today. Yeah. I want you to think about waking up and declaring that and letting that process guide your day. Think about the destination that pathway could lead you down. You develop the discipline of some personal declarations and you declare them day after day. This is who I am. I don't care what the chatterbox says. I don't care what the enemy whispers in my mind. This is who I am. I will think the right thoughts. I will do the right things as a result and I will end up in the right place because it started with the right thought. Amen, somebody? Let me pray over you. Lord Jesus, thank you so much. God, for this day, for the blessings of this day, God, I pray that your word would have found good soil in our hearts and in our minds today, that we would leave this place going, it matters what I think about. And that, God, we would pray that the Holy Spirit would have free reign in our lives to convict us when we're, to just kind of poke us if we're thinking the wrong thoughts, that we wouldn't think the wrong thoughts because those thoughts determine how we, how we live and how we feel. And they determine our destinations in life. God, let us think the right thoughts. Let us have a spiritual discipline to think thoughts of love and and nobility and righteousness and things that are positive and things that are encouraging. And let us speak those things into, into existence. Let us be people who speak life. This world speaks a lot of death. Let us be the kinds of people who are life-giving and speaking life to our friends and our neighbors and our coworkers and our kids and our family members and our spouses and those that we relate to. God, transform us by the renewing of our mind. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you.